0: Entry music, yeah. hey. You need entry yeah. music. You, like, you always make it just as we're coming back. You need, like, a wrestler. You need your own entry music.
2: Enter the Sandman.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll get that, that for you.
2: Uh, who was that? That was Mariano Rivera, wasn't it? Because oh, yes. He would put yeah. the batters to sleep, right? So he Yeah. Was, I got to hear that Sandman. live. I went to a game at
0: Old Yankee Stadium. Oh. And, I mean, I know he pitched for a few years after. This. So the, I was there in 07. That was the second last year of old Yankee Stadium. Right. Yeah, And uh, I, I don't think it was a save. I'd have to go back and look at the box score. I think they were up 6-2, mm-hmm. so we didn't actually get a save for it uh, because it was more than Four three rings, runs. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, we, we, I did get to hear the, uh, the, the music as he came in, so that was pretty cool. That is Kevin Carrius from Global Television. <laughs> oh, you got, he gets fancy water. Wow. My waters. What am I? Oh, we're out of course water. we got to send Brian Thanks, Hall man. back to the water mine. I'm telling you, I'll bring some back tomorrow. I'm having rips. Uh, my name is Reed Wilkins. Kevin Karius joins us every Wednesday. We won't have a show. Well, we might have a brief show before the Oilers rookie game next week. Next week. But I don't know if we'll, yeah, you'd be busy during that Probably, one. So we'll have to yeah. delay it till October. Sure. That's okay. Thanks for coming by tonight, buddy. We are going to talk as we move along tonight. Speaking of old buildings like Yankee Stadium, we'll talk a little bit about Taylor Field, right. your experience as a Saskatchewanite. Is that what they're called? I don't know. What is it? (laughs) Saskatchewaner? Saskatchewanian. (laughs) Saskatchewanian. And Stoffer's going to join us. I I, I don't know. I I just thought I'm just going to ask them to come on together. Sometimes when when and you probably know this too when you do interviews. Sometimes you really prepare and know what you're going to ask, and you kind of get a sense what the guy's going to say. Sometimes you're just like, I want to talk to you, and we're just going to see where. Yeah, it just. Wing I don't it. know if you and Bob ever did CIS games together. Lots of them in in Taylor. In, once the Regina team was in the league, you know
2: what? I I don't know if we did it in Taylor Field because Bob I had to fill in. Some though he would have, but the one time that we were supposed to do the game together, he had to do another commitment. So I think I filled in for him at at uh, Taylor Field. If memory serves, of course, Bob will remember every detail of it. (laughs) But... uh... The one, uh, we did lots of, a lot of games together, obviously all, all over Canada West. So What
0: was it, Melville you grew up in? Yes. So did you, how far is that from? Hour guy? and a
2: half east of Regina. So guy. did
0: you go to any games as a kid? Tons. Yeah, nice.
2: Tons, yeah. And then when I got older, you know, and uh, we started hanging out with, when you are you know, 17, 18 years old, and now you got your license and things like that, now you can make the trip yourself with all your buddies. Right. So then you made a, a, a day of it, and, you know, back then, the, the rules for or let's just say bringing alcohol into certain stadiums in the CFL they were a little lax, uh, and Taylor Field was probably the worst one of them, I would imagine. So you could smuggle in a little bit of a uh, little bit of sauce for you and your friends, and and sit in the stands and have a good time. And and the best ones were obviously the Labor Day games against Winnipeg because they would open up Taylor Field, and there was this, an area called Hemroyd Hill uh, in the end zone. They, there were no stands there, but they weren't going to turn any fans away. Right. So they brought in. They, they said the doors are open. Come as, as as many as you want, and we'll just sit you out in the in the end zone there. And that was called Hemroid Hill.
0: And uh, the reason we're talking about this, of course, because Sunday is the Eskimos' last visit to. Mosaic Stadium at Taylor Field or Taylor Field at Mosaic Stadium, whichever Mm it is now. A lot of us old guys still just call it Taylor Field. Uh, There obviously will not be a playoff game at at Taylor Field this year and uh, so uh, you know, the last visit there for uh, the Edmonton Eskimos who had some memorable games there. I'm going to the game. Yeah, Yeah, and they won the O three. 3 The Eskimos won the O 3 Grey Cup. In yeah, uh,
2: one of the um, games that I remember covering was the '95 Grey Cup. It was the first one in Regina. Was that Baltimore, Calgary? Yeah, uh, Baltimore, Calgary, and of course Calgary. They had well Doug Flutie. They had, they had really good teams. You know, Calgary that stretch <laughs> had some good teams, but Baltimore. Was so good because they didn't have the import rule. Yes, and so they they had a better O line because they had all the American O linemen that could suck wind enough to play the the clock in CFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Don Matthews got him going that way. And uh, but you know it was a, it was a really a remarkable. thing. Uh, week in Regina because no one ever thought that the city of Regina could pull something off like that you know they brought in a lot of temporary stands it was cold and everything else but you know it was kind of like almost like Regina's coming out party uh, if you think about it on that Canadian stage because up until then all the great cups were in Toronto it was
1: amazing
0: I mean that's and uh, and i mean again like you and i are both in our 40s yeah. so we're we're middle aged we we can't deny it so we've <laughs> you know we're talking to half people who have the people who have seen more than what we have and half the audience has seen less than what we have <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean when i was like a little kid the great cup was like Toronto-Vancouver, Toronto-Vancouver, Montreal-Vancouver. So Sometimes a city would even get it two years in a row. I mean, Edmonton finally got it in 84. The odd time, I think Winnipeg had 88 or something. But usually it was Montreal-Vancouver, Toronto, Toronto. like four out of every five years.
2: You know, it was never ever in Regina because they said, well, first the hotels were a big issue. People would have to stay in Moose Jaw and things like that. That was one of the, the issues that they, you know, just for configuration of bringing that amount of people to the city of Regina. But I remember um, Calgary came in, would have been on a Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, uh, the Great Cup week, and they had, you know, obviously a very solid team, and I remember them coming to the airport, and that was my my gig that night, I had to get, get the Calgary Stampeders coming to the airport. Well, there were so many fans in the Little Regina Airport, it was like, you know, it was like the only flight that I think they could let in at the time. So, and, you know, I remember Doug Footy had like a, a big winter coat on and everything like that, and you know, it was a pretty neat experience.
0: Yeah, uh, You know, and the, the new stadium in in uh, in Regina, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be uh, a beauty. I mean, actually, they're having a CIS game there end of October, right? We're right. going to kind of Break it in. I don't think they're going to use full seating capacity. But they're
2: not, but they're going to. That'll set a CIS record for oh, a regular for sure. season game. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's Regina, Saskatchewan. Yeah. So obviously that's the, the showdown there. And uh, you know, I think, and I mean, like I, you know, I, I bug Rider fans sometimes, but I but I you know I, I respect their passion. And when I say the team isn't good this year, I'm not saying that to pick on anybody. That's just a fact. Uh, but uh, I I think they got a new stadium. I I you know. I'd give them the Grey Cup two of the first five years in that new field. I mean, why not take take advantage of it? You know, they're you know they're going to fill it whether their team's in it or not. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think you got to reward them for building that thing and and just for their keeping the league going. I mean, they're a big part of it.
2: They are a big part. I mean, when you look at. Uh Licensing and how much uh, they sell the riders compared to other teams as far as hoodies and pennants and every piece of uh, memorabilia in the CFL. It, it's not even close. The riders are number one. And uh, you're right, they did keep the league going. They, there was a time where it was a slam dunk that Edmonton was the flagship franchise of the CFL. Well, it's not like that anymore. It's, still, it's, it's, it's Saskatchewan still, yep. despite being 1-10. in and,
0: and Montreal had a bit of a heyday there too, but oh man, they ain't anymore. I mean, I know Montreal's uh, attendance and passion situation wasn't quite the same, but they, they moved to Molson Stadium and they were usually getting their 19 or 20,000, though there was that uh, one report they may have been fudging some <laughs> of the attendance. But, but I mean, now, you look at what's going on and uh, this, this fight on the field yesterday, and it's just, things just keep snowballing for that team. And two or three years ago, when Trestman was there, they were still winning great cups, Cavillo was still rolling along, and... Things change, man, and they, just haven't, they haven't handled it.
2: Goes to show you how much, if you've got uh, well, one of the top three, four, five quarterbacks in the history of the CFL sure. to play for you for a decade, you've got things going pretty well for your franchise.
0: Yeah. T- talked to Rob Brown yesterday about the the fight on the field. I mean, he, yeah, he is an ex-pro athlete. He, he understood it, but he said, you know, you kind of just, you, tr- you try to do that not on the field. Yeah. You know, if two guys want to go at it, then maybe yell at each other in the dressing room or push each other, where other guys can just jump in. But uh, yeah, that was a weird one. Kevin Karras from Global TV in studio. Okay, so yeah, Stoffer's gonna come in after 7:30. Well, we'll talk yeah. a little more, a little more. Uh, we were we saw each other a couple hours ago. Yeah, well, I was just leaving at five to get back for the show from Roger's place. Uh, we got the dressing room, to, like for the dressing room. Okay, here's the thing the dressing room itself is is one thing but it's all the quadrants like the whole area is massive
2: I just when I just did I uh, did kind of a tour I sort of laughed at know how I did it because I said I'm no Lorraine Mansbridge in the morning who's done like a million what we call in the business a walk and talk right where you're yeah. kind of going around a room for a minute and a half two minutes and trying to show what you're talking about and I just you know Lorraine's the master of, of all that but I did my best in it. But uh, the one thing that I, I was going to say, Reid, is hopefully there's a dimmer switch for that Euler logo on the on the ceiling in the room, because it'll be like a lot of guys will be like uh, Kramer from Seinfeld. That one episode when the, the neon light was outside of his uh, his uh, <laughs> his bedroom and he couldn't he couldn't see anymore. So that's a pretty bright light to to be down there uh, the whole time. So
0: you know, I, this is going to be you're gonna you're probably going to laugh at me. So they brought us in and Hendricks Talbot and eberly yeah. we're standing there and I, I get out my phone and i kind of do a, a pan and then and this is the video that's on 633chat.com and as i was doing that hendrix started talking so i kind of just held it on him and then i was like oh they the locals <laughs> i didn't notice it at first and i mean it's it's the size of a couple of trucks yeah so, so i don't know how i didn't see it originally and then i kind of panned up to it oh which is better than putting it on the floor and it's like oh dude Walk on. I accidentally stepped on it and all that stuff.
2: But it's a, it's a. There's a labyrinth of passageways yeah. in there. You can get lost in there. There's no doubt about it. And that's, it's not like the the room itself isn't overly large. But when you add up all the rooms, it'd be twice the size of any other dressing room and facility in the NHL. I think Pittsburgh's next up uh, around 24,000 Square feet in that scent, somewhere in there. Yeah. This is like double when you add up all the rooms. So, and I mean those rooms are fabulous. I mean the the video room when you got three rows of captains chairs that are like, you know, you might, they might fall asleep watching video in there. And that board, like, and when you when you watch um, uh, Jim Johnson yeah. work that board with. The just the intricacies intricacies of the marker and how he explained to all the media about how you know they say doing the forecheck in red and then coming back and doing it in in blue and you know it's not like it's a, just a big whiteboard this thing is state of the art so it's unreal
0: well it's interesting that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is great. I'll, I'll tell you sure. a text I just got during the commercial, Kevin. Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I find it very interesting, um, you know, because we see the players perform. We see the games, and, you know, you and I get to cover practices, and we, and we bring that to the fans as well. But there's so much that they do that isn't on the ice or on the field. And, Kevin, I know even a lot of times when we say, well, the Eskimos were off today, they, they weren't off. They It yeah. may not be a full day, but they're in watching video or they might have a little well, meeting with a coach or a few teammates. Or a little or workout stuff.
2: or anything. Yeah. Just It's it's about being as a team together. That's how the teams get close. And that's what you find. And I, I think they brought in a lot of the NFL uh, mentality when they designed this room, Barry Stafford. Um, I think they brought in that that mentality where there's other things to do Besides just sit in the room, you got to go. You can go here. You can you can lounge out here. You can watch a TV here. You can play a game of cards here. You can eat here. You can do whatever. So, when you spend more time as a team, it's only going to matter mean that you're going to gel more as a team. I think that's very important for this squad right now.
0: One of the guys who uh, won't see the new dressing room for a week or two is Leon Drysital, who now has a hat trick tonight, as Europe is taking it to Sweden five. 1 in uh, one of the pre-tournament Tune-up games for the World Cup of Hockey, which will start on Saturday night. Uh, here's a quick text just to go back to an earlier topic. And again, maybe this is one of our younger listeners. Which American CFL team had the best brand sales and support? It was Baltimore. Baltimore. And it wasn't close.
2: And it wasn't it close. It wasn't close. No, and you know what's even great still to this day? There is a core group of Baltimore fans that come to the Great Cup every year. So they go, uh, as Stallion fans, they go to wherever the Great Cup is, They enjoy the Canadian game more than the NFL game. And there's a group of whatever it is that can make it on said Great Cup event. And they partake in the Great Cup festivities for the week.
0: I mean, they were getting uh, over 40,000 for some games. And and, uh, no, the big if, obviously the NFL wanted to go back there. And that's ultimately what most people wanted. But uh, I mean, yeah, if the Browns hadn't become... Uh, the Ravens. Who knows? Great. That yeah. team could have still been going and still doing very well. It's, it's seven nineteen. Kevin Carries is in studio. Stoffer is going to join us after the uh, 7 30 news. You can text 6 30 6 30. It's Inside Sports on 6 30 Chad.
1: Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6 30 Chad.
0: Oh here we go. Mad man. Is this their best song? I guess. I don't know. They're not a big metallica No, Oh no. I like really. fuel quite a bit. Yeah.
2: This is probably the only Metallica song <laughs> I know. The
0: only one you could name? I could probably name a few. I don't know if I could recognize them all. They got one called one. That's easy to remember. Nothing else matters. Uh, what else? Ride the lightning? Isn't that a song, or is that maybe? No. Kevin's just like, yeah, well Master where, of where puppets, you yeah, exactly. Master of puppets? Is that a song or an album? That might both? be an album. Master, that's ma- uh, ma- both, both. Whiskey in the jar? That's not yep. theirs. Uh, Kevin can't hear you right now. We'll get him headphones when Bob's on. What time is it? It's seven twenty-three. It's inside sports on six thirty, Ted. Thank you so much for tuning in today. By the way, the Blue Jays lost this afternoon, eight-one to the Rays your scoreboard is courtesy of Crystal Glass for all your glass needs call 310 glass today and I'm just going to update oh still one nothing for Baltimore leading Boston that's into the bottom of the eighth at Fenway uh what the Blue Jays have two hits today something like that I think it was I think they got out hit 13-2 that's not good you know Donaldson's not playing
2: Donaldson could be a lot more serious than people think I don't think he's going to play tomorrow um When they go to uh, the West Coast? They're they're just picking the wrong time to slump. And again, when you don't manufacture runs and rely everything on the long ball and the big boppers, that's what happens. And if those guys go cold, you have to change your philosophy a lot of times. And, And I don't think John Gibbons has done that enough in the last couple of weeks.
0: Okay, so let me ask you the big what if. And I know I hate when people ask me questions like this sometimes. If they miss the playoffs this is, is yeah. Gibbons the one that pays yeah. the price Gibbons regardless of the injuries and all that stuff and
2: for one main reason is because he was still under the regime from before now it's you got the new GM you got the new president etc so that's when they would make the, they'll make the change because of that mostly too so it's a new they'll, they'll want your own guy that's how it how it is and there's some really good guys out there that would be good fit for the blue jays the thing is though i mean this is a roster that could be totally overturned next year
0: yeah good point with some of the contracts and the age and so they're going to want
2: to I mean if you don't bring Bautista back which probably won't happen if that's if he wants big big money and then Carnacion is going to command a lot of money so there'll be teams bidding for him against the Jays those are two guys right there so you might have to change your whole philosophy on how you're building a team right now so
0: yeah. All right. We're coming up to the 7:30 news. Uh, again, we were inside the Oilers' new dressing room at Rogers Place today. You can go to six thirty ched I assume you can go to the Global Edmonton website. You're yeah, we did tons of
2: stuff. Yeah. yeah, tons of stuff on there.
0: Yeah. It's it's uh, it's great. The
2: it's whole nice. building. I mean, that's the thing. When you know, I, uh, Gordon Nancy asked me what you what you think of the tour and the of the room. I go, well, it's the same as the whole building. I mean, if you have the nicest building in North America right now, or if not the world you're going to expect that the dressing room for your main tenant is going to be the best in the world. So it is. So that's, I mean, that's the whole thing about the whole build. Like it's just everything is top notch and that's the way it is. I mean, everyone keeps saying, oh, everyone's wow, wow, wow. But that's the truth. It's just, that's how it is.
0: Dwayne from Lloyd Minster currently combining says, Turn the Page is a good Metallica song. Oh, And uh, Blair says, Hey, Reed, I was always wondering if you were a Metallica fan. Now I know, LOL. If you have any questions in that area, I may be your guy. <laughs> I'm not a huge Metallica guy. I'll be honest with you. So Blair, send me your top five... Metallica songs and the name of their best album, and that'll give me some iTunes listening for uh, Penticton this weekend. Even right
2: now, like, sake, Brent, sake, he's one of the big Metallica guys. Oh, I hope he's oh yeah, well, but he'd be just, just <laughs> raving me, just ripping me for not knowing anything besides the Sandman song.
0: This is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630, Chad. Yeah, so interesting to note, Leon Dreisaitl has a hat trick tonight. Late in the third period, Europe leading Sweden 5-2 as they play their final tune-up game for the World Cup of Hockey. This afternoon, North America featuring Nugent Hopkins and McDavid losing uh, 3-2. Yeah, that was to the Czech Republic in their final tune-up game. The tournament starts for real on Saturday. We'll have the uh, games started. All the uh, all the evening games we'll have for you on 6.30, Chad, starting on Saturday night and starting Friday. We have Oilers-Youngstars games from Penticton. We have the Eskimos game Sunday afternoon, so a lot going on. Reed Wilkins with you. Kevin Karius from Global Television in uh, studio. Kevin, we got a sp- uh, special guest on the phone. I think you're going to recognize <laughs> this voice. Hi, Bob. I think you got to redefine the term "special."
1: <laughs> I'm a guest. I don't know how special I am, but uh, how you guys doing?
2: Good. You know what, Bob? I want to thank you again for lending the Oilers those dumbbells for the season. That, uh, that picture.
1: Great, yeah, it was a great tweet, and uh, the guys at Body by Bennett they would uh, they would attest to the fact that uh, you know I could uh, certainly curl 135 pounds if you multiplied the. Uh, the tens I did when I worked there I worked out there about 6 or 7 years ago if you multiply that 13 times I could probably get close to 135 pound girls well, you're, you're, a funny the, man. you're a funny man Kevin yeah
2: you missed the thing though. Was, there was a decimal in there it was 12.5 pounds
1: oh, oh was it yeah I was never too good with math
0: yeah uh, Bob, we were on the tour today uh, of the, the new dressing room. And again, people can go to 630Ched.com or the 630Ched Twitter account for a whole bunch of videos and uh, pictures. I, I, I was pretty blown away. I had no idea it was going to take up that much space. Kevin and I were commenting on uh, on the size of it and uh, I mean that huge Oilers logo illuminating the room. And I'm, I'm just glad to see, as I've seen the building more and more, they, did, they didn't cut any corners. Uh, to me, they, they spent the money the right way.
1: Yeah, there's really, at this stage, probably only two Edmontonians uh, in the city that aren't happy uh, with uh, Roger's place. Uh, one would be Paula Simons. Uh, and the other would be uh, that dude that you retweeted uh, this afternoon. The guy from, uh, he's from one of those hockey uh, blog sites. I've met him before. He's actually uh, a great hockey fan. What's his name, Reed? I don't
0: know. Uh, Ryan?
1: Yeah. I know well, uh, no, R-
0: Ryan likes Roger's place. Like, his comment was just that he's 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 sick of seeing daily coverage of the arena opening.
1: Well, it you know it is a story for, for you know, and it's going to be a story again when the Keith Urban concert uh, hits this weekend. It'll be a story when the Oil Kings play in front of eighteen and a half thousand fans, and it'll certainly be a story when the Oilers open up with uh, Calgary. That's that's how it works. So. Uh, yeah, it's a spectacular building, the, uh, the dressing room. Uh, I thought that, you know, Kevin, I don't know about you, but I-, I can't, like, I've done the color now for the last eight years, and I don't recall getting a second. I've actually never been into back areas of Rexall Place, uh, and I am an employee of OEG. Uh, in the last eight years, it was quite uh, clearly delineated, you know, where we had access to, and it will be moving forward as well. But I did appreciate that, you know, Bob Nicholson and Kevin Lowe took the time Uh, that the the team's PR staff felt that that was uh, something to do because they didn't have to do it. And I think it was a bonus. You know, they did the media tour Monday. That was great. But this was a little bit different because this took us to an area where we're not always going to get access, you know, rarely are going to get access to. And I thought it was pretty cool. And, yeah, you know, it is going to be a recruiting tool. When you have better facilities, that will help you in terms of the procurement of talent. And uh, as we all know, that's an ongoing battle for the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Yeah, I don't think we're any anytime soon. Anyone else will have a look at uh, certain areas of that room that we had a look at today, for sure. Bob, I, I would agree with you there. The dressing room will be, you know, available to all the media, but other than that, that's going to be about it. But you know, you're right with in the sense where this is a recruiting tool and people or players that want to come here will be able to look at this, and they have. I mean, I think Milan Lucic saw it already and said, this is one of the reasons I want to come here. So you're only going to see more of that in the future.
1: Well, certainly with with Drake Kajula as well. I know for a fact that he was, uh, by his own admission, he was blown away. And, you know, there's, you know, Connor McDavid's the biggest recruiting tool. The team improving and winning will be a recruiting tool. But I can tell you as far back as 2007, uh, in the summer of 2007, uh, in conversations uh, at that time, I remember Daryl cates telling me in 2007, "I want to build the best rink, the best arena in the NHL, and I want it to be a catalyst for other things in the city." And it, it seemed outlandish at that time. You know, he didn't even have the team yet, but uh, it's it, it's a terrific building. It's a unique partnership. The city owns the building. The owners run the facility through OAT and away we go.
0: Kevin Karius, Bob Stauffer joining us inside sports on 6.30. I wa- wanted to have a little bit of fun with you guys and go down memory lane a little bit because this Sunday is a significant game for the Edmonton Eskimos. They're going to play at Taylor Field Mosaic Stadium, whatever you want to call it. It's Taylor Field to me. For uh, the very last time, tons of memorable games there. And I, I, I know you guys did some CIS games together. So I don't know if you were ever in that broadcast booth together. But if not, I know, I know, Bob, you've, you've each been there separately, if not together.
1: Yeah, I've done a bunch of games there. But I have two distinct memories, one with the uh, Golden Bears, and one with the Eskimos. And I'm, I, the, the one memory I have is I wasn't actually in the building for the game. Kevin was calling the game with Dale Sula. And I, w- I had called into CJSR. That year, I was working the TSN uh, uh, package as a uh, font, cord, and stats. And so I got, you know, David Moyer did the games out east. And I did the games in Alberta between Edmonton and Calgary. So I'm listening to the fourth quarter uh, <laughs> on uh, the phone uh, through CJSR. And, uh, Kevin, you'd recall the uh, Regina Rams scored in the most bizarre fashion you could ever see. Do you recall what happened? Keep going. <laughs> you, you called it, and you don't remember it, and they, the Bears blew a 31-14 lead. It was 31-28. There was less than a minute and a half to play in the game. The Rams had just scored a touchdown to make a 31-28 game, and they tried an onside kick. And Chris Warnicke took the ball on the fly, because in uh, Canadian football, you can advance an onside kick if you recovered and went the distance for the touchdown.
2: Okay, yeah, and now I you
1: Remember that? And you yeah. recall how Dale Shula, oh. who was a former athletic, I thought he was going to cry on the air. His son, Ryan, was on the team that year, uh, and he was just in shock. Yeah. And you were like, I have never seen this before. <laughs> and Shula was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe how we just lost this game. And it, you don't expect, like, you're up 31-14 on the road. You're handling them. Mark Bennett had 15 receptions in that game for the Golden Bears, and uh, your call. I mean, I'm trying to understand the call. You know, they recover the odds. They're going all the way, and then Chula's like, "Oh God, yeah, oh God." You yeah. know, what? it was just like. It was. I mean, now, now you remember. I
2: do now. Yeah, that was. Uh, I thought Shula was going to jump out of the press box because he was just so he, he was beside himself. And I mean, as you know, there's not a big bigger Golden Bears football supporter than Dale Shula. So, yeah, oh, that was that was probably one of the worst losses in Golden Bears history. Oh,
1: well, that was uh, on the football front. That was about as bad as it got. Uh, I, I know. I called the hockey game in 04 when the Bears had the uh, undefeated season in New Brunswick when they lost six five. That was a tough night for. Uh, Dustin Schwartz is the Oilers' current goalie coach. The other game, guys, I remember, uh, I flew. Uh, I, Rick Wallaschur was kind enough to invite Blake Dermott and myself. The Bears had played there on a Saturday. Uh, he reached out to us and said, "Hey, why don't you guys stay over on Saturday night? Uh, we'll have a conversation or two about some things, and then uh, stay over for the game on Sunday." And in his infinite wisdom, this was in 2005. Danny Machocha scratched Sean Fleming. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Fleming and had a guy named Hayden Epstein, who was out of Michigan, and was an American, had an import, that's the term we used back then, uh, to take the the uh, game-tying field goal. So it was about a 40-yard field goal, final play of the game, and it got blocked. And, you know, Sean Fleming was a leader in the Eskimo's dressing room in 05, and he showed his leadership ability because he could have embarrassed uh, Danny at that time. But I remember after the game, we were downstairs and we're scrumming uh, Danny Machoja guys and the uh, coke rep uh, at Taylor Field asked us to move because he had to get to the elevator to put away his pot products and just looking at me like, oh this is the CFL fellas like they stopped us right in the middle of the scrub, I couldn't believe it but uh, it was, all, and just how drunk, I, I think they ran out of Pilsner that day in the province of Saskatchewan <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh it was a pretty memorable loss uh for the Eskimos ironically enough they were able to uh rebound from that and Jason Moss uh, came off the bench a couple times in the playoffs and they uh, they went on to win the Great Cup so it ended up being a pretty good year but it was a tough loss that night in Regina and it made for a very poor uh charter back from Regina into
0: Edmonton. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and just uh, on another note to that, I mean, Bob, as you know, Mookie Mitchell was in studio last night. He's going into the Canadian Football game, uh, Hall of Fame on the weekend. Well, I think actually it's tomorrow, and then the Hall of Fame game is Friday. Final three seasons with the Eskimos, including that great cup year. I mean, you mentioned Fleming's leadership, and didn't he sacrifice some salary once so Hervey could stick yep. around? And yep, and I said, I said in said 4 I how did you pull it off? You, Tucker, Vaughn, and Hervey. Now, Vaughn was gone by 05 but four of the top receivers in the league. And he, and he said, we just all had to step up and say, if one guy's having a good game, you tell Ricky or, or Jason, keep feeding him. Don't, don't worry. He has 100 yards, get him to 200. So they're, they're, they were able, and it doesn't always work. I mean, you've seen super teams in other sports not work or position sets with a lot of good players in other sports not work. And, and I, you know, and again, to get back to Ed's leadership, I think Hervey was a big part of that, saying who's ever got the hot hand, that's the guy who's going to be the star that game and the other guys wait for their turn.
1: Well, they blew a uh, trick play, if you recall, in the 4 playoffs. Mm-hmm. They actually didn't have that good of a record in 4 They won the great Cup in 0-3 and they'd win it again in 5 But '04, 4 that was year Ricky Ray was gone. Jason Moss had a great year statistically, but they uh, squandered a couple trick plays that cost them a foot, the, the playoff game at home against the Riders. And, uh, that got the fans upset. And I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. Mookie Mitchell, at least on the football talk, Mookie Mitchell still has one of the funniest lines ever. and That was on our Total Sports Show. Uh, I asked him about O.J. and the whole situation because he told me that he would address it. And he said, Bob, I don't know if O.J. did it, but I know O.J. Knew, uh, he knowed who done it, <laughs> 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 referring to the, the incident, uh, you know, 10 years earlier in Southern California. So, Lukey Mitchell is uh, a The Esco's kind of late in his career, but he was a great player, an excellent CFL football player.
0: All right, quickly, guys, uh, dry settle, a uh, huge game. Huge game tonight. It looks like 6-2 here. we got Europe beating Sweden tonight.
2: Kevin? Well, I mean, I don't take too much stock into these pre-tournament games. So once the real bullets start flying on uh, the weekend, we can kind of talk about that. But I don't take in very, very, very little stock into these pre-tournament games.
1: I, I do think for, you know, I, I did have a chance to talk to Ralph uh, Kruger today, and I do think for him today was an important game. They needed to get a positive result. Uh, you know, they want to build towards something. Uh, Ralph is, uh, he's like, he, he could be the next guy doing the Oseki commercials because he is one of the most interesting men in the world. You know, when you're doing speeches on the European Economic Forum, you're chairman of Southampton Football Club, uh, making that club a lot of money because they're, they're an internal budget team, but they share the TV revenue uh, for the EPL and then a hockey coach. I mean, I think it was important for that group to get it turned around. And I also don't think it's the end of the world that uh, the North America team lost today to 3-2. That might be, the, the you know, just that little sense that they got to be completely on their game, 100% committed, and they can't run and gun all the time. I'm all right if they run and gun 80% of the time, guys. Just not sure they can run, run and gun all the time.
0: All right. Bob, thanks for making time for us tonight, man. I know we had a, you had a busy day, busy afternoon going to the rink, so appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I'll be listening to you tomorrow at noon, buddy.
1: All right, uh, KK, yeah. out of trouble, and uh, the stories in Griffith Stadiums will always trump those <laughs> at uh, Taylor Field.
0: Work on those curls, Bobby.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Take care,
0: man. See ya. Uh, All right, that's Bob Stopper checking in. Wilkins Wilkinson, Kevin Carey's in-studio, Inside Sports on 6.3. You called it during the commercial. You're like, Bob is going to remember every detail of that game. Yeah. Had the stats, had all the names, had the time. <laughs> and he wasn't <laughs> even there. <laughs> and he wasn't even, that's right. You were there. <laughs> uh, he he died. Mean, we, we bug him. Him, but yeah. his ability to recall stuff is otherworldly, yeah,
2: it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had to almost get all the way down to the final play for me to remember it. <laughs> I'll show you remember it. I'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it is seven forty-six. Uh, Russia just scored here against Canada. We'll tell you what's going on in that one when we get back. It's Inside Sports on Shed. Uh-huh.
1: You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
0: All right, uh, Russia leading Canada 2-1 in a World Cup tune-up game. That one is in the third period. Carey Price in goal for Canada. Of course, Ryan O'Reilly replaced Tyler Sagan on that roster. Turnbull will start for real on Saturday. We'll have primetime games for you here on 630 Ched. Kevin Karius joins us in studio every Wednesday. So uh, next Wednesday, Kevin... Uh, I. I think we'll, I'm going to do inside sports from night 6 off. to 7. Night off. For you, yeah. All and right. then we're doing the Bears game. Uh, we're going to move the uh, or have the uh, World Cup game on iNews 880 that night, so it'll be fun. And uh, all, the Bears-Oilers rookie game is always a good uh, one.
2: And I like it way better at Claire Drake Arena. I know last year with Connor McDavid and, you know, the packed house at Rexall is fine too, but what a great atmosphere and great for the kids at U of A just to, you know, to be able to play the, the Oilers rookies in that Packed barn at Claire Drake to see uh, standing room only. I think it means a lot to them, and they, they come out with a good showing too. Yeah. So,
0: and the U of A makes no secret of it. That's a, that's a big night financially it's for a them. Big
2: fundraiser when you're thirty bucks a pop, and you're getting you know thirty three hundred people. You can do the math, and that makes them a lot of money and buys them a lot of sticks for the whole
0: year. Yeah. Well, they uh, and they announced some of the guys they got coming in for the team this year, and, then, and it's going to be another good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, will they be the best? The, 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 the expectations for that program. Are sky high every year. Like I remember one year they started, it was a few years ago, Dan was still doing inside sports. I think Thurston was coaching and they started four, two and two. And it was like, what's wrong. Yeah.
2: The sky was falling. Yeah. But that's, just, that's because the program has been so exceptional for so many years. It just comes with the territory. And you can go back to Claire Drake and then Billy Moores and go on and on with Rob Dom. I mean, that program is the best in the country by far.
0: So we'll have that next Wednesday at 7 here on 630 Chat from Claire Drake Arena. In the next hour of the show, this is going to be pretty exciting. And, and they're already here in studio uh, waiting. And, Kevin, you have featured them on, on your sportscast as well on Global. Jack Schwartzberg and Bruce Wiley are going to be in studio. Now, you may not know those names, but I think we're going to... they're household names. They're household names (laughs) only in their own households. No, but seriously. Seriously. But this is... And, and Kevin, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, I mean, we're privileged to cover the National Hockey League and the CFL, and those are the two teams most people in the city care about. But we love stories. Mm -hmm. We love talking to athletes. And this is a story... Dating back 50 years.
2: And it's history. That's what I like about it. And we, in Edmonton, we have such a rich sporting history, and I mean, if you go down to the museum and the Hall of Fame, and there are so many pictures and stories and videos and things you can see, and newspaper articles from such a rich sporting history in Edmonton and this is just one of them 1966 Victoria Redmond took on the Raymond Comets in the provincial high school final in basketball and it was at the U of A and it was a packed gym there and the Raymond Comets were favored heavily they hadn't lost in 50 60 games that year and the Victoria Redmen upset them. And all the players on, and I don't want to tell, tell these guys are going to tell the story. They're going to have, tons of, gonna stories, have yeah. tons of stories. But these, I mean, it was, a, it was a true event in Edmonton sports at that time. And I asked, when I, when I talked to Bruce and, uh, and Jack earlier, it was actually a couple of weeks when he did the, did the interview. You know, at that point, you know, you didn't have any Oilers. So the Oil Kings were right in the midst of having a hmm. pretty solid team. You know, you had and high school sports was a a lot more prolific in Edmonton at that time, um, and I think this was just one instance where I think it it doesn't hurt to go back in time and and uh, and look at a few memories and talk about it. And I'm looking forward to this next hour with you three.
0: Yeah, I, and again, like different era. You, if you wanted to watch a sporting event, you had to go. Mm-hmm. You had to go. You didn't have twenty. You didn't have. Exhibition games from a made up tournament on TV. You know, like if you wanted to go, some, with the exception of Hockey Night in Canada and probably the odd CFL game, you had to go. Mm-hmm. And people and people went. So we're, we're going to get their memories coming up. Kevin, uh, as always, it's a pleasure to have you, uh, you in.
2: No list this week.
0: Oh, I didn't ask you for a nah. random list this one week. Year, one year... I know, I can't think of yeah, one, one for week, the moment.
2: One week, it was a, name the 1927 well, Yankees starting lineup. We, we,
0: uh, we, we got a list courtesy oh, of the, a, uh, what, the text line it's, it's, it's from Metallica. Blair. The, the best Metallica songs. Oh, okay. uh, one is the name of the song and his number one. Uh, Master of Puppets, Battery, Sanitarium, and Creeping Death. No Sandman. It's just to it's me. there's Metallica. I have some morbid they have sounding stuff. have a lot sauce. of
2: issues, Metallica, yeah. I'm sure... Blair, uh, thank you for that. I'm sure Jack and Bruce are huge Metallica fans.
0: Oh, I want to find out what their warm-up mixtape yeah. was in 1966. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a tape. No, I guess it would have, have been a band in there. a record. It would
2: have, huh? Yeah, it would have been a band in there, I'm sure. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm going to find out about that. Yeah. yeah. All Rito. right, we'll, we'll take next week off. See you in, too. Thank, Kevin, thanks for coming in. That is Kevin Carey from Global Television. He's going back the studio you can watch him on tv tonight matthew Panashik, the studio producer this evening working hard dave campbell of course is the producer of the show you'll hear a little bit from dave later on because he interviewed troy Studemeyer. maybe the new kick return for the edmonton eskimos depending on what they decide to do they certainly do need a spark coming up to the eight o'clock news and then we're back to uh go 50 years down memory lane and recap a significant moment in our city's sports history